0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this program is sponsored by. I think this is the letter P. A number P, and the letter P again. Yeah, I think that's right. Marcel. Yes, 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 I'm quite correct with these. The number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the whole world and if you, not me, are a drug-free athlete, including me, and looking for a very, very solid foundation to stand on and uh, drive your goals, like what, (laughs) Debra?
1: Like a Mac truck through the ice cream.
0: Or a nice crepe, Depending on your <laughs> choice. Of the needs.
1: ice cream. The glasses <laughs>
0: <laughs> Check us out at uh, these letters they confuse me. P 4 P dot com. And now let's chit chatter. Desiree, how was your evening? <laughs>
2: Oh,
1: you know, in plain English, the sun is still shining, so I'm doing quite all right. How about yourself?
0: We have nothing but the snow and the ice cream.
1: <laughs> but the snow and the ice and the everything that goes with the snow
0: with the ice cream.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're being We've got none of that business. <laughs> we have absolutely got none of that business, and I am all right with that. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> we're getting married over here, man.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. What did they say? This is like the third um, what massive snow front to hit the East Coast in the last how many ever weeks? So they're just getting dumped on, and then you guys are getting the residual. But I'm kind of glad it's petered out before it hit before it hit Iowa. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So definitely prayers for all of those folks that are still shoveling or doing without electricity, can't get anywhere. That's right. just something else.
0: It's insane. Without it's a doubt. Insane.
1: Without a doubt. So
0: East
1: Coast listeners again.
0: I don't want to do thoughts and prayers We're praying for you That you make it through Because our thoughts are on the severity of the weather And how bad it is And we just hope everybody Okay we got some guys saying we're still alive uh, Not buried yet Okay this is from Tim Okay What the, Hark, Harkna? no. I'm sorry I, I can't get your name right But you're saying that you guys are seeing a lot On the east coast so yeah it's pretty bad So, so guys, just stay safe. Um, You know, hunker down and and stay with us for an hour because we're going to keep you nice and warm with good information.
1: Yep. What he said. What he said. I'm just looking at it. Top stories more than a weather bomb. It was the storm of the century. So, and it looks like the storm of the century. So, I'm glad you guys are still doing well and that you still got a connection. So let's give the folks what they called in for, KP. Who is it that we're talking to tonight?
0: We're talking with a champ, a big-time champ. It's like she's so champy that she gets to stand on top of the trophy that holds the trophy that is the trophy. She's that much of a champ, yeah. And she's also a, a trainer champ. So she's like, I don't know, got a jacket with champ on it and on both sleeves. And, and if we were still in high school, she could like have the letters because she's got that much champ in her system. There's so much. Cha- okay, there's that's a little too much. But anywho,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were running <laughs> on with that one.
0: <laughs> yes, but I, I mean, she's she's she near and dear to both our us. So you know, we could we could do that, and she knows where we're coming from when we say it. But. She, She's got so much information. A lot of what she shares has been kind of butchered and ruined by people that are listening to it but not quite understanding the reason of why that she goes about doing what she's doing. She's using science and she's using basically the metabolism of the individual she's training. So we can't just use cookie cutter everything for everybody, because that's not how bodies work. We're all different, we're all unique. And I'm talking about Melissa Johnson, and she has done a great job of balancing out the insanity that is prep and getting ready for a show. And I'll pass it back to you, Nasby, if you wanted to add something to it, and then we'll get this show started.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm going to ask you to go ahead and introduce yourself, Melissa Johnson, to uh, all of our listeners who might not be familiar with who you are and to give a refresher to those who have heard from you before.
2: All right. Hey, everybody. It's Melissa Johnson. I am um, a retired world champion, figure pro and physique pro. Yes, you are. Um Yeah. I held four different uh, natural pro cards and competed in over six different federations and... Uh, Did it for over 15 years and loved every second of it. I'm also a single mom and a weight loss and prep coach for a living. I have done that now for four years full-time and six years altogether. And I love every second of it.
0: (laughs) I just love her. I'm sorry. I just love her. And and she says But okay, okay, guys. This is a this is gonna be a, a show that I, I know you guys are wondering what uh, is going on with with MJ, but she's here for a good purpose, and the reason is the the season is has started in some areas, a natural bodybuilding season. But we have uh, some misinformation. Like I said, when I started the the premise of what's going on, and we've had some misgivings about you know, exactly when and how to start a prep. So we had to get somebody that really knows the latest you can start, the best physique that you can start with to even get to a spring kind of show. So we're going to keep on that thought, and I hope you – I know you want to know about her history and all these other things, but she gave a nice little synopsis, and then we're going to stay with that so we can basically use the benefit of her time because – The show is getting – I mean, these shows are getting closer and closer, and people have less and less time to be prepared for a spring show. So with that in mind, I'm going to pass it back to Melissa, and she's going to talk about PrEP, and then we'll get the questions off of that. So thank you guys so much, and I hope we're not making anyone mad that's trying to catch up with NJ.
2: All right. Well, so PrEP is a – something that a lot of people whether if you're a new competitor you don't know anything about it if you're a seasoned competitor you know what it's like you know that it takes a lot of dedication and discipline and a lot of effort to get where you want to be um but a lot of things that i've seen with new people whenever they hire me they say oh somebody told me i should do a show and i think i'll just hire you at 12 weeks out i don't know where people got the magic 12 weeks out number Because that is not realistic unless you are in uber awesome shape and you have great muscle mass already and you don't need to do anything but really just tighten up your diet. Your calories are in a huge surplus and you're already pretty lean because all you're doing if you do a diet at 12 weeks out is rushing the process. You're going to end up losing muscle along with your fat and you're going to end up being exhausted and hating life at the end of it. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty miserable to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I recommend at least a 16 week prep. And that's if you're a seasoned competitor and you kind of know what you've had a really good off, productive off season and you're not going to be pushing your body to the extremes with already a low calorie diet because all you can do is cut food because you cannot lose fat without a caloric uh, deficit. So there's no secret. There's no um, magic pill that's going to get you lean. All it really takes is a long period of time. And the best way to do it is a slow and steady pace because ultimately if you do it and you rush it, your body's just going to fight you. And then you're going to end up either too fat on stage and, you're going to be very disappointed with the results or you're going to end up with some kind of metabolic damage, which neither one of those is good. Trust me, I've had both of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is basically flying in the face of what several of our listeners are hearing from their coaches because we've had a couple of gals, Stacey and Melinda, who are um, three and two weeks into their preps respectively, both saying that their coaches are telling them that they can be ready to compete um in uh, in late April, mid May. But based on yeah, what you're so saying, mid- there's no way that they will be
2: ready for that. I mean, it really depends on what they look like, and you know, if they want to do a couple hours of cardio a day, you know, typically that's what it's going to take. Or they may not have enough muscle. It also depends on what category they're competing in, too. I'm not saying it's totally mm-hmm. impossible. I have a natural athlete, Justin Baker. Um, he's a freak oh, wow. of nature. He's a freak of nature, and he is going to do a show May 12th. We're eight weeks out. He just texted me pictures today, and I'm like, no problem. You know, so people like him, yes, because he stays within 10 pounds of his stage weight typically off season, and as soon as he reels it in, it's like he just starts dropping like crazy, and I know his body really well, and so I know when he can be ready. But if you're coaching someone for the first time, Or maybe you don't even learn somebody's body after the first time. It takes a couple times, and every prep is different, so you can't even Mm -hmm. compare prep to prep. I mean, I even went through that myself. As you build more muscle on your body, your metabolism changes, and dieting methods don't work the same for you anymore. So if you're new to this coach, they're going to just be experimenting on you because they don't know your body, and you don't really know your body either. So, you know, it's really – It's really risky, you know, and you risk not being ready.
1: No, there you have it, gal. So with that being said, I would go back to your coaches and just be asking some serious questions um, based on the information that you learned and really get a good feel for what kind of regimen they're going to have you on over the next, you know, five to seven, seven to nine weeks to get you on that stage with the understanding that, You know, peak week falls within your timelines and you do not want to be messing around with your exercise regimen and or your food on peak week. Peak week should just be polishing, tweaking, getting good rest, getting ready to hit that stage, not still trying to drop any weight. If you're still trying to drop weight on peak week, you're not ready yet. So you're not ready to take into consideration. Yep.
2: Yeah, if you're not ready two weeks before a show, you're not going to be ready because there's nothing miracle that they're going to do over the last two weeks to bring you in tighter. And nine times out of ten, whatever they try over a peak week is just going to make you look worse because you're just supposed to coast into peak week. You're not supposed to do all these crazy manipulations with your water. You know, you water, I water load with my clients, but I don't cut water ever. All my clients drink a, wa- a gallon of water. Uh, at least a gallon of water the day before the show and um, about a half a gallon before they step on stage if it's a morning show. So if your coach is cutting your water and your coach is taking you down to no carbs for every day without a refeed, I mean, I don't recommend stuff like that. It's it's doing more harm to your body than good.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Kaylin, do you have anything you want to tag on?
0: Well, there's... <sighs> I mean, I'll I i, I I'll piggyback MJ and what she's saying because it's it's so risky. I mean, the, the whole prep is, is, like, really risky in itself. And, and then when you're basically throwing yourselves to the wolves, it, it's really scary because in, unless you – I mean, I'll, I'll put it like this. I would recommend uh, there's people you can talk to. That's why we have MJ on the show in the first place, is so we can get real information out there. So – Message her if you can. Uh, reach out, and, and she can recommend somebody in, in the area if, she, if you don't want to use her. Um, at trust, I mean, can you hear this, this, the thing, trust the process? But if you don't know the process, what do you really trust? The coach. And if the coach sure. is yep. not not of value that you're using, I mean, that you're expecting or trusting, then you're going to be in a really bad way because you'll see that scale going down, and a lot of people stay loyal, uh, but to the point of basically just de- destroying their bodies. And that's, that's frightening in itself. We've all seen it. MJ, uh, Des, and I have seen it backstage, and it's frightening when you see people that trusted the wrong person, and it is more than scary to wonder if that person's health is ever going to uh, recover. So, you know, I just put that out there. Um, MJ covered the rest, and uh, hopefully that answers something of what you're asking.
1: <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> All right, our next question is from Chandra, and she says, My coach has me on some foods that I just hate. Can I just have some kind of equivalent? I feel sick off of broccoli and tilapia. And <laughs> I feel oh, on the tilapia, <laughs> Oh,
2: man. Mm. Um, yep, yeah, you can. You really can um i I achieved a world champion title and my best physique ever in twenty fifteen and I used flexible right dieting yep, yep. <laughs> I was shredded and I was full of muscle and i looked i looked great i mean I was really happy with with that physique I started following um flexible dieting in twenty fourteen because I used to follow a set meal, I'm the type of person that can eat the same meal over and over again, and it doesn't bother me. But um, I just switched over to flexible dieting because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And that was when it was starting to really kind of take off. And I have never switched back. You know, I mean, I love it. I really try to do flexible dieting with my clients, but a lot of my clients really prefer that I tell them what to eat. But I give them options for every meal, even if they're in prep. I do not restrict foods unless they're allergic to them or have some kind of uh, some kind of aversion to them, you know. So I don't ever restrict foods except for maybe like the last week I tell them to watch their vegetables so that they don't need anything that's really gassy like broccoli or Brussels sprouts because mm-hmm. that can cause some digestion Power issues. Flour. But, yep. you know, a fat is a fat. So if you're, you know, tilapia is really lean, that's why a lot of, prep coaches, um, prescribe that food, but it is not, you're not going to get any leaner off tilapia than you are off a chicken. It's just a, it's just a fact. I didn't eat any fish from 2014 until I retired competing and I won a world title. So fish does not make you lean. Asparagus does not make you lean. A, a caloric deficit makes you lean and a calorie, you know, You know, burning enough calories to where you burn enough fat in your your program. You know, it's just long strides over a period of time that's going to bring you lean. So if they're doing tilapia, I feel like they they feel like they've got some kind of edge or something because it's really not necessary.
1: (laughs) All I say is praise the Lord, seafood is not necessary. for a (laughs) competition diet. Otherwise, I would be out of luck. I cannot stand seafood. I wanted to like it. I just don't. I don't like anything about it, not tuna, not anything. So, ooh, I am so glad. But, yes, um, you know, I I agree with everything that uh, Melissa has said. And if you aren't sure how to count macros or what a macro is, you know, do some homework and find out. Flexible dieting may be more your speed than uh, tilapia and broccoli three meals a day plus snacks. Because no, that does not sound fun. Does not sound fun no. at all.
2: Nope. YouTube has plenty right. of videos about how to calculate macros <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. So. Yep, yep.
1: And uh, even if uh, IIFYM. If it fits your macros, great Facebook page out there. you got to be a little bit careful on some of the information that floats around, but for the most part, that's a pretty solid resource as well when you're just trying to figure out, you know, what macros are, how to kind of count them, keep track of them, and then you get a solid coach to help you put those numbers together and, uh, you know, move you up or down from week to week, and, and you'll be good. Um Next question is from Jake. This is an interesting one. It has to do uh, do with cardio, and all of you out there that are doing a lot of cardio, take a listen. He's saying, how hard is it to have a slow metabolism and compete? I don't want to do so much cardio if I'm losing more muscle than fat. Can a good diet circumvent all of the cardio my coach has me doing? Is three hours too much? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Or am I just being lazy?
2: (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. Let's talk. Wow. Three hours is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And there's no reason. I mean, I'd rather starve to death than do three hours of cardio because <laughs> I guarantee you. <coughs> I guarantee you it's steady Amen, state cardio. Amen. Which sucks. <laughs> steady state cardio. Oh. Do you know how boring that is? It's probably like oh god, where it's like heart rate of 120, walking on an incline, uh, you know, on on the treadmill and you're like just dying of boredom, it's probably not even hard because you can't intensely do cardio for three hours. So that's how I know that. Um, and that's the type of coaches that, pre- you know, they, they, they prescribe the, the steady state cardio. So um, yeah, that's crazy. What's his name? Jake. Yeah. Is that right? Jake, Jake I'm sorry. Yep, yep. That's totally crazy. Yeah. Um, y- you shouldn't be doing, it depends on what you look like. It really does. But I mean, the most I've ever done was two, was two sessions a day. And I got down to 4% body fat. So um, I was doing one hit in the morning. And then I was doing one steady state at night. And it was like 45 minutes after my workout, they were probably about 50 to 55 minutes total each session at the most Mm -hmm. I've ever done the most. And you know, the diet was really hard. That's another thing I want to say is people that think that competing shouldn't be hard and you shouldn't be hungry and you shouldn't be tired. That's BS. You're, if you want to be the best and you want to be lean as you can be and look as good as you want to, be, to look, you got to suffer. It's not easy. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to be a strong person and know that that's what you really want. But, you know, it's, it's attainable through not three hours of cardio unless you are, are a heavy person, and they're trying to get you ready for a show that you're not, you know, you're probably not going to be ready for anyway. So, exactly. You know, you you may need to do a pre prep before you do. I mean, three hours of cardio is ridiculous. That's no
1: doubt. And Jake, if you're completing three hours of cardio, you're definitely the opposite of lazy. KP, you have thoughts?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, then. I'm like, you're a trooper because if you've been and doing what whatever I I goodness my oh. I I got no words, dude. If you think you're lazy after three hours of cardio, then you know, how to help your soul. You you are a trooper buddy. I I I mean hats off to your, your commitment, but I, I would say get another coach. Because this guy's trying to kill you or a woman's trying to kill you, I don't know who it is. Um, I don't even care if they're less than you, you should be ashamed. If you are if you are a coach and you are listening and you're the one that's uh, doing Jake this way, shame on you. That's just ridiculous. Ugh.
1: I mean, and, and another yeah. thing to add on here, and this is a, another little subject that I think we slightly touched on earlier, but you can, as Jake had um, referenced, you can run off all your muscle and you will come in looking so flat. Yeah, you may be shredded, but your muscle bellies aren't full and you're going to come in looking flat, and I know this by experience, done this, um, and not intentionally, is just not knowing any better when it happened. And your, your, your weight might be where you think you want it to be, but nothing else is popping on stage for you, and so you're still kind of in the same boat. So you don't want to rely on cardio to get you to that magic number you're expecting on the scale. Because it can backfire on you, and the the look you're shooting for is not going to be the look that you're going to bring to the stage.
2: Very true. Very true.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So just <laughs> I mean,
2: that's <I>, well <laughs> said. In that. That
1: tidbit, we had the dreaded yeah, silence no, it's, there it's for a, a second, guys. Tidbit. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if anybody else was popping back on, but I'm glad you came to my rescue. (laughs) All right. We got you. You got me. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. Here's our next question from Kyle. He says, I don't like fat-burning supplements or starvation diets. What is a real idea for a guy who weighs 200 who wants to compete at 165? This is from our friend Kyle.
2: So he doesn't like supplements and he doesn't like cardio?
1: He doesn't like fat-burning supplements or starvation diets. He can't okay. say okay. anything okay. about yeah. cardio. We're still in cardio okay. from the last comment.
2: But, yeah, he doesn't yeah, like a I mean, fat burner.
1: He, He's not into fat burners or starvation diets.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do fat burners. That's not a prereq- prerequisite to get lean. It's really not. Um, you know, typically males have a higher um, – a higher metabolic rate, you know, um, and you shouldn't have to go to a starvation diet in the beginning. If you're going to compete, you know, 40 pounds is quite a bit to lose. You know, if you kind of shoot for like one pound a week, then you kind of have have a good idea of what you're kind of looking at as far as how long a prep should be. Um, Typically you'll lose probably a little bit more in the beginning just because it's a shock to your body but you won't have, you shouldn't have to starve. I mean, starve depending on what your food is like now, but I would recommend, you know, always before you start a prep that you get your calories high enough to where you're very full between meals and you're almost force feeding and then you know your metabolism is very healthy and you have to sustain that for a long period of time, at least 6 months or more in order to know that your metabolism is healthy enough to actually cut and to start trying to prep. I have so many people that come to me, you know, really thinking that they could do a show every six months and it's not, it's not realistic. And I learned that the hard way in 2016 because I only prep, I only get took six weeks off from 2015 to 2016 and I ended up just killing my body and my metabolism because even though I didn't feel like I dieted really hard, At the end of 2015, it's still a deficit. It's still hard on your body. And when you're Mm -hmm. mean, when you're 6% body fat as a female, your body is not healthy. It's not where your body wants to be, no matter what you think and how you feel, it's not okay. So, you know, you just, what I would recommend is just making sure that your food's up pretty high and start a slow cut, you know, start a slow deficit. And then adjust as you start to watch your body move. And you know, if it's not moving, then you need more drastic cuts. You know, so you really—it's really, it's really a, a fine line and a hard game to play, and to know what you're doing. That's why I always recommend hiring a coach. I think everybody needs a coach. I really do.
1: Even coaches need a coach.
2: Yep. True. <laughs>
1: Um, You know, I had a follow-up question to that. Now I don't even remember what it was. Is that bad? It will come back to me. It will come back to me. If we have time, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it. But we're going to move along to our next question at the moment. This one is from Bill. He says, if I'm a first-time competitor with a slower metabolism, is it a better idea to start prepping for a show in the late fall or next year April? Asking for a friend. (laughs) that's
2: that's kind of a a loaded question I mean there's so many factors that can play into that Um, all I can say is time is on your side if you have a slow metabolism Um, the you know it's not a bad thing to take a longer prep approach you know and you can always back off but you can't add time in so you don't want to have a rush you know, I mean, you could start prepping in the fall and see how your body responds. And then, you know, you'll know in the first eight weeks whether or not you'll be ready for a show in, say, 20 weeks or so. And then that just gives you a, a good idea to kind of have, uh, you know, a vision of where you want to go or what, when you think you'll be able to step on stage. But it's never – I don't really advise unless you've competed before and you're already in pretty good shape to, like, pick a show out and be like, this is the one I'm going to do. If, you, unless, if this is your first show, you need to kind of play it by ear and wait, and like wait until the last four weeks before you register, because you don't ever want to commit to a show at 12 weeks out and then not be ready.
1: Mhm. Agreed, agreed. All right, this one is from Sheila. She says, my diet is the same as my friend who has the same coach. Is this because we work out together? Well, Sheila, I'm going no. to have guess it's not what? just because you work out together. <laughs> but we'll see what the group has to say. <laughs> Melissa, how about you first?
2: Uh, it's cuz you have the same coach. I'm pretty pretty certain on that because there's no two bodies that are ever the same that would deserve the same diet. Even if you weigh the same amount, your body types yes. are probably totally different. So, are yeah. your metabolisms
0: Oh my goodness! Yes, can I jump on that one?
2: Yes, please
1: do.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't have a coach. (laughs) You, you got somebody. Hopefully. Yeah, you got somebody slinging numbers at what what's happening is not even uh, remotely close to right. Um, uh, It's best to do your research. Uh, I, I'll say it like everybody's been saying, and it, they, if a coach says it, it sounds proud, so I'll say it for the coach. You get what you pay for. And if you're trying to do cookie-cutter coaching, you're going to get cookie-cutter diets. And the, the people just don't have the information that they're promoting. And, and if, you, if you're if you not taking care of your body, and your, and your diet is what takes care of your body, the exercise, uh, regulated exercise, basically structured exercise, to basically build on what your diet is giving. There's so much information out there to protect yourself, but you can only do that if you have people that have the intent to protect you. Um, There's a lot of damage that can be done. Um, It's amazing uh, how uh, poorly we treat our own bodies and what we put our our daily intake is almost frightening especially for the people who chart for the first time. Um, there, there's just so many misgivings and there's so much misinformation and there's so much growth science that's still out there. And I'm sorry to use that word. You know how much I hate it. But it, it, we're still at war with it. We we have a battle ahead of us. And it seems by these questions that uh, the ignorance is still running rampant. And I'm not calling anyone stupid other than the coach that's trying to do this to you. I am going to insult them because they've been insulted your body, they've insulted your health, and anybody that loves you. So you know, just be careful. Um, you having the same workout, the same gym. It, it, that's all. Like Melissa said, all of that is irrelevant. I mean, it means nothing. You, you're talking about stresses in the body. Your work day, I'm sure you're not working at the same job. I mean, even if you were, there's still so many variables into that, especially with your own body, with your own body dynamics. So you know, just be careful. Thanks for asking. Um, I Hopefully we didn't yep. uh, wound you in any way or hurt your feelings, but it, you, we're talking about your health, and all three of us, I can promise you that all three of us take your health very seriously. It, you, you mean that much to us, and we haven't even met you.
1: And I would just add yep. on, when you, if you heard the inflection in our voices where we found that kind of comical, it wasn't your question we find comical because we're glad you asked because if you were having that question, I guarantee you there are 10 other people out there that are thinking the same thing or wondering the same thing because they've experienced the same thing. But it was just the situation that is comical um, from the standpoint that it's just disbelief that you know, that it's happening that way because everyone is unique. You may have similar programs as far as a workout regimen because you're competing in the same category with a similar body type, but that has nothing to do with the diet, which should be, you know, totally unique to your particular system and stage of life because even if you're the same age, maybe you've had a child, maybe she hasn't. I mean, there are so many different factors that deal with, how your body reacts, stressors that it may have had, conditions that may be a result of stressors such as childbirth and other things that may have happened in a lifetime. So, um, you know, food allergies, just a lot of different things that play into it, hormone imbalances. Um, Anyway, I could go on. So, no, we definitely weren't (laughs) finding humor at your expense, just the fact that, you know what, um, coaches just – can't can't be playing games like that, and I will call it that. I mean, if for some reason you guys wound up with the same diet and it's perfect, you know, it's just a perfect storm, and that's just how it worked out. Then that's how it worked out, and there's nothing we can say if the coach did their due diligence. But that's that's often not the case. But anyway, I digress. I've yeah, on, and on if that you, one.
2: And if you continue to get the same diet every time you check in and you both have the same diet, you know, that coach is being lazy and, you know, just actually taking your money really because they're probably not even looking at anything you send them and um, just sending you out a plan because that's what they have in their computer. And, you know, you know, my advice to people is don't have a friend help you. Don't, don't cut corners on coaching Coaching is expensive. Yes, it is. If you, can't, if you cannot afford a coach, a good coach, and to, the money to compete, you should not be competing. It's a very expensive Amen. sport, and you can't cut corners because all you're going to do is end up gaining 50 pounds after a show and hating your life. You'll end up with metabolic damage. You'll end up with hormone imbalances and, a, and body dysmorphia. You know, I mean, it's, it's just not something you want to play around with and people don't take it seriously. And it really, it really hits, hits a nerve with me because I, you know, I feel like it's, it's, people take it too lightly and it's a serious, you know, it's, it's just a hobby in quotation marks, but you work really hard for this hobby. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if I were you, I wouldn't want to ruin my body over something like this, you know, do it smart. And, if, and
1: you know, Sheila, so I've got to share, Sheila has submitted a, a follow-up question, which is even more alarming than her first question, which is, what is a check-in? And oh, I no. will let Melissa elaborate, but a check-in is where you regularly touch base with your coach and you share with them, what you've been eating, have you been able to stick to your numbers if you're following macros, how your workouts are going, what your weight is on, a you know, whatever basis you're checking that, you know, Are you are you hungry, are you full, are you, you know, you're letting them know how you're doing based on the program that they've given you. The coaches just don't push you information. It's a two-way conversation so they know how to adjust your program to get you results. Um <laughs> Melissa, go ahead and take it from there.
2: There are some coaches out there that just give you a plan and don't ask for anything. And how can they do that if they don't know what's going on with you? You're, you're living in your body. And I'm just seeing the outside of it. And that's if, you know, you're sending your check-in. When I have competitors, my competitors check in at least once a week with me with pictures, weight, measurements, um, any kind of issue that they're having with anything to do with hunger, energy, um, sleep, um, you know, getting their meals and stress, um, you know, basically anything that could play a part into whether or not they're seeing progress. So I ask, all these questions if they don't freely give me the information, even bowel movements comes into play. You know, everything about your body, I have to know because you live in your body. I only see the outside. If I don't know what's going on in the inside, I can't help you get to the best body that you can, you know, and then 90% of my competitors that I coach, I talk to almost on a daily basis and we just go through everything And they, you know, tell me today was rough or, you know, they may need encouragement. That to me is what a a good coach is. And when I had coaches, Patricia Payne was my coach for two years. And she and I developed a really good friendship over that those two years because we talked all the time. And she helped me bring myself to my best body because there were times when I was pushing too hard. And I said, this is too much for me. I think I'm I think I'm going the wrong way. So she listened to me and we backed off and then my body started moving again because she didn't know. So I had to tell her. So if you're not checking in with your coach, when you're a competitor, it has to be weekly. It has to be. If you're in prep, if mm-hmm. you're in off season, you could maybe go every two weeks once you hit like a maintenance plan. But if you're, if you're in prep, it has to be at least once a week. And it has to be not just you send the pictures and then three days later they get back to you. They need to get back to you that day and at least let you know what their plans are and how they're going to move forward. If you're waiting for your coach to write you back and answer you, that's not a good sign either. Oh. Haley,
0: there's just, there's just so much wrong with this. There's just so, so much wrong with it. I mean, I, I know MJ is pissed when her, her clients aren't getting in touch with her. And if it's two weeks, she's more than alarmed and, and and reaching out, even if it's through social media, to get these people to wake up and, and get their diet and and minds back to what we be considered normal for for competing. Um, i yeah, this is uh this is one of those situations that's that's that alarming. Not in. Like, you, you you have a chance to, to save yourself because you've reached out, and hopefully you will no longer uh, be in touch with this person. You'll reach to your friend as well. But um, <clears throat> this is, uh, yeah, this is one of those where you you got to definitely be raising eyebrows. Um, that, like Again, thank you for reaching out and, and asking. But, um, if, I mean, I, I'll call them out publicly if you just give his name or her name and uh, we can address this right now. I mean, this is, this is shocking and shameful. No
1: doubt. No doubt. Um, And we could probably carry on about this for another 15 minutes, but we're going to, we're (laughs) going to move on, but just know that, you know, that's, that's a serious red flag there. That's a serious red flag. And I would not disregard Sheila. I would not disregard um, so moving on, here's another pretty tough question. Um, how much damage can be done to a body that has suffered a bad diet and a bad prep? This is from Linda. Uh, she's been, it's been two years since her since she's competed and her body has yet to recover. She said she will never compete again, but would like to look somewhat presentable in society.
2: Yes, yes. Um, it can take... Forever, honestly, and it depends on how much damage you've done. Um, it depends on how low your calories went, how bad your metabolism really is. Um, but the good part about it is that it's not dead. You're not you're not hopeless. You're not going to feel like you're never going to look good again. But you have to really get on a solid plan of, you know, metabolic restoration. You really have to work towards getting a healthier metabolism. And, you know, a lot of people that go through these problems think that if they just eat less, that their body is going to, how could you get fat if you eat less food? Well, the problem is that your body's been starved for so long that if you continue to deprive it, it's door, everything you put into it, and you're not going to see any progress. So no matter what you do, if you add more cardio or you diet harder, you're going to suffer because your poor body is just stressed to the max. I bet your hormones are all out of whack. I bet your cortisol is really raised. Um, you know, first step would be to go get blood work and make sure that all that stuff is normal because if that stuff's off, you're not going to see results no matter what you do. So typically with, with, with females that have, you know, some kind of metabolic damage, your hormones have suffered quite a bit, and you may be out of whack, and you may need a little bit of, of therapy to help get those hormones back to normal. But, you know, there are plenty of coaches, myself included, that that handle things like this. Um, I actually deal with it with a lot, with even just regular clients that come to me, ladies who can't lose weight because they're just, their metabolisms are shot from dieting for their whole lives. And so I I teach you how to feed your body and, and get it to work efficiently again. So basically you just have to teach it how to burn food again by feeding it, but it's a slow process, but it can be reversed. And it's something that I dealt with myself after a really tough year of competing too. Um, But the longer you let it go, the harder it's going to be to return. So I recommend finding somebody that would, that would help you to, to get back to feeling better because I know what you're feeling like and it's terrible.
1: Hmm. So, Linda, you know, prayers up for you, lady. Please stick with it and continue to move forward. But know that it can be fixed. You just have to be patient. And also part of it is um, being able to release some of the mindsets that you already have in place that will allow you to do the things you're going to need to do to heal your body. So uh, just kind of take all of that in stride. Um, next question, this is from Sylvia. There are a lot of shows in the Midwest now. Would it be possible to do three shows in three weeks?
2: Ooh, that's hard. That's hard for a seasoned competitor.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I've had a, a lot of people that have done that and thought that they couldn't and ended up having to back out the third show because they just couldn't take it. Just because, mm-hmm. not to mention just the hustle and bustle of a show day and leading up to that, if you have to travel any you know, that's really hard on your body. The tanning does a lot to your skin. You're going to end up yes. having some really bad aftermath after the the second tan, and your body might not even hold the third tan. You never even know. But I recommend the most doing is two back-to-back because it's just really tough on the body because you do do water manipulation, and then, you know, the show day is just so stressful on you because you don't eat enough, you don't drink enough ever, even if you're pounding water, it's still just a stressful day. So your recovery from the show is going to take a couple of days, and then you're going to go right back into the peak week, and it's just it, it's rough on the body. Oh my goodness,
0: yes. <laughs> um, I, I can piggyback MJ on that one. You you really you have to have an understanding of you, your body. You're, I mean, you got to do a lot of basically a, a preventive maintenance with your job. I mean, we, we're not even talking about your body I mean, you, or the actual competition. You, you've got to be – because there's going to be some days at work where you're not going to be all there, especially if you're doing a nine-to-five. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to include into that question that um, – like like MJ was saying, that's a tough one because there's so many variables. Again, there's so many variables in what you're doing, and I, I, I I'm it, you can almost see the the newness of these questions simply because they're not factoring in what a seasoned competitor would be doing, other than uh, the questions we had from Linda. So you know, um, guys, it, it, it's it's a lot of thought that goes into it, and I appreciate the motivation. And I really respect the, the, the will to want to compete. It, it, it's always a joy. It's a lot of freedom, and there's a lot of happiness. That that passion we have doesn't come from mistake or accident. It's something that really draws us to it and that keeps us involved in it. So uh, just start, like MJ said, think about the money, the tan, the, the, the time. There's so many things that have to be all lined up. And I've seen people start out with banner years, and basically derail simply because of family issues. Um, You know, there's, there's things that happen with, with uh, life. There's, uh, there's so many things that can happen. So, you know, it's great that you would love to try if you are, I mean, you, you gotta be more than committed to try it. And I respect that commitment and I respect the passion to try, but really consider what that's going to do with your family, what that's going to do with your friends. And what's that going to do with you, Des?
1: No, nope, I agree with what they said. I mean, it, it is a lot. I mean, and there are a lot of great shows out there now, and especially in the Midwest, they're in close proximity. You know, put together a two- or three-year plan if you feel like that's what you want to do, um, instead of trying to cram it all into one year, maybe one or two shows a year with nice spacing in between to give you a chance to take a little step back before you move into the next show if you're not wanting to have a an extended improvement season um you know steady as she goes you know i feel the excitement i get the bug and i want to do every show that's out there um in every year because it just sounds so much like so much fun And, you know, the people that are going to be there, good promoters, and so you want to be a part of it. But it may not always be the best decision to uh, try to put your body through the mill to be a part of everything all in one year. So kind of pace it out. If it's a good show, it will be coming back around, no doubt. Um, Speaking of which, (laughs) perfect timing for your question, Larry. He wants to know how much of this is just pure insanity that keeps us wanting to do this stuff. (laughs)
2: i'm gonna be honest it's it it is truly addicting it really is and a lot of people say well after you do your first show you're gonna know whether or not you want to keep doing it or you're done and there are a lot of people that that i've coached that have done one show and been like wow that was way harder than i thought it was gonna be i'm done And, you know, that's how it is. And But then there's people who get addicted to it and love it and do it for 15, 16 years like me. And, you know, and then I retired and I was like, now what do I do? I don't even know. I (laughs) thought I was going to compete till I died, you know. And so, you know, it is, it takes a different kind of person, but it's like it it gives you goals. If you're a goal-oriented kind of person, then it's perfect for you because it always has, some kind of goal, whether it's off season to gain, to improve, to look better, to fix your metabolism, to be healthier, and then to uh, compete and do a prep, it's you're going to beat last year's physique and you're going to be better. You know, it's always, it's that kind of mentality that always makes the good competitors, you know, and um, it's usually the first one or two shows and you know, whether or not you're crazy enough to continue to go. (laughs)
1: does take a little bit of crazy, just a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. <laughs> uh
0: The insanity was there from day one. I mean, we're all a little crazy <laughs> and something. Uh, <laughs> I've been nuts for a long time, and it wasn't bodybuilding that started that. Um, I, I, I truly have a passion <laughs> for fitness and health. And uh, I I know MJ shares that because we've hung around a lot, and uh, I know Dad does as well, and especially having to chase her uh, troop around the way she did (laughs) back in the day. So, you know, there's a lot of things that keep us going, and and thankfully health and fitness and uh, basically a a reason to stay away from drugs. And, uh, you know, if, if you pursue true health, you're going to take care of your body and you're always going to be finding new ways to do it. And I think one of the biggest elements of natural bodybuilding is that we continue to keep coming around people that are in the know. Iron sharpens iron. There's going to be some intelligence. There's going to be some great information. There's going to be some simple things that we've never thought about. And it all revolves around the natural bodybuilding community because every sport, and listen to me, every sport, deals with health and nutrition, whether they admit that or not. So you're talking about the very basic foundational platform that ensures that everyone that competes in sport does it in a successful way. And if you're basically seeing the premier, the fanatic, the the elite, whatever you want to call it, at its best and its fullest, and its whole, I mean, like the best of the best. We're talking about... Like top names, like MJ, he had to try his striated loose. It was not an accident. It was a lot of work to do that. And people that are wanting to get introduced to that have to meet the extreme version to see exactly what is in mind for what's happening. So, yeah, the insanity is there, and, yeah, you, you've got the fever if you're even listening to this show, whether you want to admit it or not. Even the people that might mm. speak against it still have some kind of fever for fitness. And I could do the Saturday Night Live skit right now, but I'm not gonna, cause Des would just rain me back in, and I ain't going there.
1: Dez? <laughs> I'm not sure what I think about that comment. But we're gonna we're gonna go bed and uh, and move on to the next question, Mister Rain. Mister Rain you back in? <laughs> yeah, I probably do do that. I probably do do that. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, this question is from Sam. She wants to know, will MJ still be showing up with her clients at shows?
2: I will. I will. If I have clients doing shows, I really try to make it there. Um, locally, we have quite a few. So if I, you know, get some competitors that are interested in those shows, I I love still going to shows. I really enjoy it, and I I actually enjoy being on the other side almost as much as I enjoy being on stage or enjoyed being on stage. Um, you know, I kind of get that proud mom feeling when I have my clients in a show and I get to see them on stage and it really just, it's so great to be able to be there for them. So yeah, I would like to be able to do that.
1: All right. Awesome. Question from Dale. And this might be our last question here. Uh, should coaches compete at the same time they are prepping their clients?
2: I believe no, I really believe that because I feel like it really takes away from your client, um, that is competing. And and if you're competing in the same category, that's kind of, that's kind of cruel. Um, because you know, yeah. you may, you may, you, you may want to win and that's not fair to them. You know, they, and they deserve your undivided attention. And if you're competing the same day, you can't give them that. And uh, I'm going to piggyback something on top of that. If your coach doesn't talk to you on show day, I've had a lot of clients come to me from old coaches that say that they don't even have a plan for show day and their coach is un, uh, unavailable. Now, that is like your, that is your, that's your day. That is like your wedding day. That is the biggest day. That is what you worked so hard to to have. You need to have your coach at your fingertips on that day. And if they tell you they can't be, I, that's, that is a no-no for me. I mean, it's just you need something and anything could go awry. The show will always yes. run late or it could go early. You may need to eat something earlier. You need to have your coach available so that you can have them to, to turn to if you need them because somebody else isn't going to be able to help you because they don't know your plan and you also need to make sure that you have your plan in hand a rough plan for that day at least so that you know but mm-hmm. I mean I, I am in contact with my clients all day on show day and, t- and if they don't contact me it really bothers me you know I understand you're in your zone but I need to make sure that everything's okay and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing
1: yep without a doubt and so some of you might be thinking that, you know, that means your coach has to be there physically, and no, it doesn't. It's awesome if your fo- coach can be there with you at your show the day you're competing, but that's, you know, in a perfect world that would happen. That it that can't always be the case, especially a coach that has multiple clients. But as MJ had said, they should give you a plan in hand, um, what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat it, you know, what you should be doing, uh, a rough idea of when to, um, you know, go ahead and pump up, you know, pictures in the morning to see how you look, pictures after you've eaten to see how your muscles look, you know, continuing on through the day up until your competition is over. And she's right. If you don't have that level of communication with your coach, you do need to find a new coach for sure. Um one last thought here. Linda says she wished she had MJ back when she still had the love to compete. So kudos to you, MJ. Thank uh, you, Linda. Know, yeah, and Linda, if you decide, you know, you get healthy first, but if you decide that you ever want to give the sport another go, at least now you know that there are coaches out there that will do the job that should have been done with you the first time around. So you could have... Avoided, you know, gaining double the weight that you lost when you felt like you were almost starving yourself or you probably were, or that your body backfired and it's just not recovering the way that you wanted it to. And that, you know, your hormones aren't even the same. Um, You're going to get there, girl. So just keep your head up and we'll all be there with you in spirit, sending those get well soon vibes as often as we can. So, Alright, MJ. With that being said, we are coming to the end of our hour and you've already dropped so much great information to our listeners tonight. Yes. And thank you for that. Love
0: you girl.
1: But uh, <laughs> thank you. Give you I really one it. last <laughs> one last chance just to share um I don't know, your your number one piece of advice or just a little bit of motivation for the folks still on the line with us.
2: Um, okay. If seems wrong it probably is you need to trust your gut if you feel like you're getting killed or it's unhealthy or you're suffering for over a couple of weeks something isn't right and you need to voice your opinion and you need to voice your concern and if your coach blows you off then you know they don't have your best interest out And you know don't ever let somebody promise you something that they can't be positive that they can deliver you. If they're going to tell Mm. you they know you'll be ready in a certain amount of time, they don't. And I tell all my clients, we'll see how it goes. Unless it's, you know, within a reasonable amount of time and I know that it can be done, I don't promise anything to anyone. And if someone is doing that to you, then you might want to kind of put up your radar a little bit.
1: All right, last thought, MJ, if folks want to be able to find you, reach out to you, might be interested in coaching, where where can they go to?
2: All right, everything can be found on my website. You can contact me through there, and that's www.customfitbymj.net.
1: All right, guys, there you have it, dot custom fit by mj.net. Did I have that right?
2: That Um, is correct. And I, I will post the link, um, on the, uh, the blog talk thing on Facebook that has a link for everybody to dial in. So I'll post my website on there for anyone interested. Yeah. All right.
1: Very cool. Check it out there folks. All right. Melissa Johnson, we have loved having you. Thanks again so much. Folks, check our link out on Facebook for her website again if you're looking to catch up with her. So P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin on Facebook. And on behalf of Melissa, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple. So let's build it.